This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. You got your plans to do things right. I got my mind, it's all made up. We got our time, but now it's running out of space. You know my life is just a speck in your heart is all the same. See, I've been staring too long at the screen. Welcome back to the Dale Jr. Download. We are here. This is Tyler Overstreet co-hosting with the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Hey. Let's get right to it. Big news yesterday. Wait a minute. You didn't tell everybody that... Uh, I was... I know. I got so excited about your news. Thank you to um, the Danger Summer Hopeless Records. I knew Records. letting you kick the show off was a mistake. I was so excited for your news <laughs> that I, I forgot the song of confidence by our friends at the Danger Summer. Thank you to Hopeless Records for letting us use that. But let's get right to it. All right. Tell us your news. Oh, yeah. So... Um, me and Amy are going to have a little girl. Uh, we're very excited. We have uh, we've known for uh, several weeks. Um, the the baby uh, we didn't I didn't know what the protocol was, so I didn't put say what the due date was in our social media Instagram post. But the due date's May the second. May the second. And uh, I'm praying for April 29th. That's my dad's birthday. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, that'd be a couple of days cool. early. Yeah. Apparently, uh, in this day and age, they can make that happen. But I'm just going to hope for a, a healthy, healthy birth and not ask for any favors. Um. But yeah, it's super. It's really, really exciting. Obviously, this is something that uh, I've been looking forward to all my life. Amy, obviously, she's excited as well. Uh, when we got married, we wanted to go ahead and talk. We'd been talking about having kids. Obviously, um, I'm 43, and we just need to, you know, we either going to get after it or not. You know, we're going to run out of time. So, we... Uh, I know you like to share everything, like, as soon as it happens. So, how difficult was that <laughs> yeah. to not be like, hell yeah, we're having a baby. Yeah, it was really hard to... Um, Amy's telling me, like, you can't say anything, you can't tell anybody, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, I kind of know this. A lot of my friends have uh, recently had kids going through that, have been going through this same experience, so I'd watched them and seen how all that developed, and so I kind of got it, I understood, Uh, but it's really hard to keep that, you know, you're you're so excited, you want to share that news, especially with, like, your mother, uh, your sister, did you tell everybody yesterday? Basically, um, yeah. Basically, we told our uh, immediate family and then some our friends. Uh, we tried to cover all the bases, but it's never never possible to cover them all. Did you guys run through like a list then, of ways you wanted to announce it? Yeah, I mean, you went with the pink Chuck Taylor shoes. Yeah, um, but basically, uh, we sent the. Well, you get this email from uh, the doctor. So you go to the we go to the doctor to get some uh, just some standard tests run and so forth, and then they send you this email, and there's a link in the email to uh, understand the gender. And we forwarded that to Amy's sister, and Amy's sister uh, uh, sent us the shoes. So we would open the box of the shoes, and there was also oh, y'all found out via the shoes, right? So did you just find out yesterday it was yes. going to be okay? So we just found out at the same time everybody else did that it was going to be a little girl. Uh, secretly, I was hoping for a little girl because I just man, little boys. Um, that would be. I just feel like that I can't screw a girl up with Amy. Oh, yeah, with Amy around, I ain't gonna mess no girl up. Amy's gonna make sure of that. But I feel like that raising a boy, your first child. You could uh, potentially raise a little stinker, and I don't want to. I, I want to, you know, I want a sure win. Yeah. Uh, the first first Let go Amy around. take the lead on this. Yes. So <laughs> so I got I got what I wanted, and she's uh. What, I mean, I just you know, there's just so much emotion. You know, you just can't you can't explain it. And I imagine I imagine you know we haven't even seen the uh the whole iceberg here. Where this is right. just sort of. 
You're very, very, very early. Right. In the process. Yeah. I mean, this the the emotions that we're feeling already. I can't imagine what it's going to be like once you know we get down the line and uh, we're in the hospital and so forth and going through the process of the birth and everything. It's just going to be. It's just going to be bigger than anything ever in life. So, looking forward to it. Um, can't thank everybody enough for being so supportive and so excited about our news. Man, did that make us feel great yesterday. And um, I can't wait to go to the racetrack and see all my friends, my peers, all the folks in the industry that we're close to. Um, I can't wait. Amy won't be at the racetrack this weekend, but I can't wait for her uh, to be out and about. And her next time at the track is going to be behind the wheel of the pace car at Martinsville. Yeah. So me and her have been joking about that. So we have this app on our phone. Uh, I have a, you know, there's going to be all kinds of things to try to learn as much as you can. Being the husband, there's a responsibility to try to know as much as possible going through this process, being plugged in, understanding what's going on, reading books, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? So I've been really applying myself, trying to uh, support Amy. Um, and there's these apps. So the, the app's telling us at this particular time, it sort of equates the size of the baby to maybe a fruit or a vegetable or whatever. So right now it's a little lime. And so we were joking the other day. I said, you're going to take a lime for a ride in the pace car. You're going to be able to tell the little lime one day that it actually got to ride in the race car or the pace car, I mean, around the racetrack and how you did that. Because when I was in my mama's belly, she took me for a ride in dad's race car. Dad took her around a racetrack in a race car, just kind of slow. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah. What did you think? I we, thought he went was 180 a, mile an hour. Yeah, so, wow. No, he was, this impressive. was 1974 and he's racing late models and he went around, just cruised around the track. She was pregnant at the time. He just took her for a ride for funsies. And so, um, what a coincidence. Sammy will be taking the line for a ride in the pace car. So, but I'm really excited about that too. Amy's sort of getting out of her comfort zone. That's really something that I didn't think she would, uh, Except doing, I, I, I was skeptical too when I, we got the request. I was like, "Yeah, I was surprised by that." Her. So that you know, I'm glad that she's, you know, I'm really glad that she's doing that. Proud of her. Uh, you don't get that asked uh, opportunity to do something like that. No, that's cool. And Martinsville Very is cool. awesome. And yeah, I appreciate Martinsville for thinking about Amy. They said they were going to add like extra padding around the pace car now, just to be. Just to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> anything getting close to messing with Amy yeah. this weekend. That should be pretty cool. And yeah, and this is coming on the heels of what was a pretty emotional weekend in Talladega. Just Friday, you got the the car, which we'll get to, and then yeah. Sunday's race was pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was wild. Well, um, yeah. So we go we go to Talladega. I know that all our fans had circled this date. This was a there was a lot of I'll say. Pressure, stress, uh, anxiety, uh, emotion going into this race weekend. I knew as well as everybody else that this was a great opportunity that maybe our best opportunity for a win uh, to to write this season and, and sort of, uh, you know, get things, give people something to cheer about. So, you know, you felt that going into the, the weekend, and we had a lot going on. We had uh, – I had uh, – my buddies from the Danger Summer coming in. We had Ben and and Matt. Yeah. We had got we had gotten them a bus and had them parked over in turn three and four with all the other fans over there, so they could see the race. Eight people piled into. We a had bus. eight folks coming. We had the Dorfels coming from Key West. Those guys down there that are playing. Twelve people there. They actually <laughs> live in Nashville now, but they had we had twelve guests there, and we had all our hospitalities. We had. Uh, Whatever the track was going to do, we didn't know what they were going to do at the time as far as their media and, and you know, gift giving and whatever you want to call that. So Friday, um, and then you got the, you know, you really got the responsibilities of like your normal the car. Yeah, I mean, driving the car and carrying on. So we get in the car and we're practicing and, and the car was pretty decent. Uh, then we got around some of the other manufacturers around the Chevys I thought our car was really good in practice and then we got around the Fords and Toyotas and boy you know the Penske guys are super strong watching them work the draft in the in practice was really impressive and the Toyotas were all fast working together 
and our car wasn't handling it exactly like I was hoping it would. We've made a lot of changes actually to our car. That's really not not really uh, something that happens at the plate tracks. Really, you know, most time you unload what you have and what you, you know, that's what you race. You, there's not a lot of adjustments you make to the setup of the car. So I was really uh, I wasn't happy with the way the car was driving. We made uh, probably four or five different changes to the geometry of the car, and 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 when the race started, it was pretty good. Uh, but anyhow, we had qualifying on Saturday, got qualified on the pole. Did that seem like the longest um, qual or pole winning victory lane deal? It it took us like an hour and a half to do really? all like the victory lane. Well, I wasn't in no hurry to end it. I mean, I I know I, it was just a lot going on. I was like, wow. Yeah, there, it seemed like a a little, I don't know, when I was looking on the pole board and we've won two poles this year, yeah. which is quite a, a lot for us. I don't know, I don't remember the last time we won, won multiple poles in a season. 2013. Yeah. And there was one guy up there, so they put cans, Kyle, yeah. Yeah, they put cans <laughs> up on the uh, Coors Light billboard and we have two cans up there and Kyle's got like a whole case. <laughs> yeah. And so he's got a case of beer and I don't really know how long the pole celebrations last but for us it was special we're at Dar we're at talladega uh we had uh you know we hadn't had a lot to celebrate this year so it was and you never know when this might you know you never know this this is the last opportunity to celebrate with that team right so we made the most of it i wasn't in a hurry to get out of that victory lane but i really uh i wasn't surprised that we won the pole we've been on the front row all year at the plate tracks Qualified, I think, second at Daytona, second at uh, to the first Talladega race. Got the pole at July Daytona, and uh, and then the pole yep. this race. Last year, I think we were on the front row or third, right, most of the year. Yeah, uh, and the year before that, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just been us in the twenty-four. Yeah, and then until these last two, we were always second or second third and never got a pole. Yeah. yeah, so it's been nice, and uh, but that's get, good for those guys because. I mean, obviously, the Talladega and Daytona pole is really about the car. And so that shows that these guys are bringing fast race cars. And yeah. to finally get to show that off is really cool for them. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Alex next year to get in the, you know, these the particular plate cars and do what he can. I think he's going to have a pretty good time of it. I wouldn't mind if he qualified like fourth or fifth, so that would... That would show that you make up a little bit of it. Yeah, that would be nice if you qualified second, third every time. Yeah. To be like, oh, yeah. I would have I could have got it. A little difference the driver makes. Um, of course, we we know the driver doesn't make a whole lot of difference in how, how the car qualifies, but you feel like you, you know, you're doing something in there. But it was great to uh, to get the pole. Gave us a lot of confidence. All right, so then we go over to the media center to do the media with the racetrack, and we're going to find out what the racetrack's going to do. So all these racetracks have done a lot of different things, been very creative throughout the year, whether it's a gift or they honor us through a charity function. It's been a lot of awesome things happening, and it's very it's very it's become my one of my favorite parts of the weekend. Um, and they they gave me a two they gave me two champagne bottles. Let me try to remember exactly where these two came from. One of them was out of the case that they made for my father's last win. So they get a case of these bottles made so that the team that wins can spray these champagne bottles. They don't use every single one, right? But they have a small, very limited amount uh, made for that particular event. And so this bottle came out of that case. It's not corked or anything, or it is corked. It's not sprayed. So it's got all the labels and everything from that race that Dad won. I think it's 2000. And so uh, they also got a bottle, which is a much larger bottle of the last. Was it? It was your first my, Talladega my win. My first Talladega win. So okay, 2001. So, and it's a really big, giant bottle. And so Something I have those. happened in that year to where they doubled the size of champagne bottles. Yeah. But there's t those, that's two cool things to have. And um, uh, then I, and I figured, yeah, they had something else up their sleeve because Talladega, is, they're super eager. And we've worked with them on two, I, th I think, two Winter Circle programs. Yep. So we kind of know the, the their personalities, I will say. So they're like, hey, we got something special out front. Everybody get out of the 
get out of the media center, go out front, so all the media shuffles out there real fast, and then they wouldn't let me go out there till everybody was out there. So we finally walk around the corner, and I could see the shape of the car under the car cover, and I know exactly what it is. But I didn't know like they were going to give it to me. I'm just wondering, what well, yeah. how's this car fit into this? So they uh, we uncover it, and they're like, we're going to let you have it. It's prop. It says this little. It has a little plaque on the dash. It's property of the state of Alabama. The state of Alabama owns the museum. A lot of people don't know that. They think that the track or or the track owners own the museum. They don't. That museum's funded by the state. Like it's a legit museum. Yes. So it was. It is a uh, Hall of Fame of motorsport, not NASCAR. Right. You know, we have the NASCAR Hall of Fame here in Charlotte. This is a Hall of Fame of motorsports encompassing, right? So uh, there's a little bit of everything in this building and it's tons of fun to go through i've been going through it multiple multiple times ever since i was a little kid this car's been in there since the mid 80s and so they're like hey we're gonna loan you the car we're gonna let you take it home so it's gonna come here uh i'll probably piddle with it and rebuild the brakes and carburetor and get it running a little bit better and um probably clean it up a little bit i probably won't mess with it as far as stripping it down or painting it or nothing crazy right but um I think the decal on the, this is funny, silly stuff, but the two on the passenger's door is a little far back for my <laughs> taste, honestly. Like I'm looking at it yeah. in pictures and it's just not quite centered where it needs to be, so I might redecal the car um, and get it a little more perfect. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, let, I, me, let I, me fix this for you. Well, it's a little bit far back. It's probably about three or four inches too far back. Okay. Quite a bit. Yeah. And... um and that's one of those things, like, if you look at it, it bugs it's the shit oh, out of me. yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to – but anyhow, this I'm going to play with it. Blaney wants to drive it. So we have a, a paved loop on our property, and it's exactly a mile in length. So I'm going to let whoever wants to drive the damn thing drive it around the damn gar- – <laughs> Where are you going to keep it? it? It's going to park right in our garage, right at the house. Oh. So, like, when we – We have a four-car garage, and it's going to – so like if something's leaving when we leave coming in. I'm like, which car are we driving? And that's gonna I mean that's not really gonna be an option that yeah. we can take with but two it'll people. It'll be in but there every time. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. It'll be fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. So like those little pink shoes for the baby. I told Amy this morning, I said, I want these shoes to sit on this coffee table till the baby's born because I want to look at them every day. And I won't be able to walk out and look at that car every time I go in to get my pickup truck every morning. That'll be cool, huh? That'll be cool. I mean I don't know anybody else that can say that. Yeah. So they give they're going to send this car down here. Can't wait till it gets here. And uh but it still belongs to the state. Eventually I'm going to send it back to the museum. That's where it belongs. That's its home. Right. Just and enjoy it for a little while. I'll enjoy it for a year or two. Yeah. And then that'll be that. So very cool. I couldn't be happier about that. Very thoughtful of the racetrack. And they have been super good to me for so many years. Uh, I and then you we sold them quite a few tickets over the well, years. So. Hey, I, I, I personally didn't do any legwork there. But I, I know what you're saying. So there comes the race. So race day morning, Talladega. You, you could – I saw uh, – me and Amy were talking in the morning. I was like, man, I am overwhelmed with like this uh, – this weight on my back, you know, it's just so. The, she said it was palpable. She could feel it. She could feel the oh, yeah. the the pressure. I don't even know what the word is. How would you describe it? Um, I don't know. It's it's not pressure, but it's like a anticipation that's just so right thick. And you know, there's so, you know there t- there's a lot of you know I think social media. Uh, Social media is like a. I know it's not. Everybody is not on social media. Not right. everybody, but it's a small window into uh, sort of the, the overall feeling and opinion of of. Yeah, it's a good representation yeah, of it, how people feel. Exactly. Perfect. So there's a lot of comments on social media about. I'm at Talladega. I'm coming to this race. I'm gonna see Junior run his last Talladega race. I'm here for that. And you you could see there was there was more people in the grandstands. There was more campers. Every you know it just felt like yeah. like every, all these people came to see it. What were they going to see? Right. You know, and we had to deliver. Give them a show. That was a that was a little pressure. So luckily, when uh, 
when the race started, I thought the car was pretty good. Uh, we had to fight there to kind of keep some of our track position in those early laps, and it could I could get the car to where if I didn't have a whole lot of help behind me, I could I could kind of maintain my position till some help came along. And that's that. So basically, if you're on the inside line, and there's a lot of guys lined up real tight on the outside line, and there's nobody behind you, you're basically going to get trained and kind of overcome by the guys that you know as your car is kind of falling back through that line you're going to get overwhelmed by everybody behind you and and it's easy real quickly to get shuffled back outside of the top 10 well the defense to that is to jam that outside line up against the wall on the straightaways really really tight like and run like two inches off of the door of the guy beside you what happens is it kind of you both are kind of fighting for the same out uh same air into your cow it kind of holds that car in position beside you and it almost makes the guy behind him a little nervous to push that guy because he sees that you know a little bump could send you know knock yeah. you two together and plus he's not he's might hit he might hit you on the inside you know there's just no room there and that guy's not real he ain't eager to get up in that tight little space himself right so it's almost like you're playing chicken no, because you're I mean, like daring them to do it. Well, it's not really a chicken thing. You just hold that guy yeah. real tight against the wall, and the guy behind him's like, "I don't want to get in that spot," you know. <clears throat> I don't want the guy squeeze me against the fence. So he don't really push the guy through. Anyways, it's uh, it, it, when I've had good cars, I've been able to do that. When the car's not good, you squeeze that guy against the wall, and they just keep going by. And uh, we were able to maintain when we needed to by doing those things and I'm like, all right, this car's, you know, if this car can hold its own at times like this, um, it gives me a lot of confidence. We, uh, we had a lot of things happen during the race. I got, so we, we, we got caught speeding one time. We had a couple other things. So on that first pit stop, you guys had committed to pit road and then McMurray started wrecking behind you. Right. So I was going to ask, I saw a lot of people were just up in arms about the penalty. The rule. Yeah, because you were what a hundred feet, two hundred feet, whatever from the yeah. line. You're too too committed. You're committed to it. To pit road. get out, but the the light was on. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, that rule needs to change." And somebody on Twitter was like, "Well, they should have a box that's like a grace period." But then I'm like, "What if you're in that box? Then you just have to keep making boxes all the way around the track." Yeah, it just and, backs up the right. I mean, it sucked, but it's the it rule. sucked, but it's the rule. I you know I I don't think they need to change the rule. Right. Uh. It's nice when it bites other guys and it's done by you. you right. Know? It's nice when it happens to everybody else. I mean, I've seen it happen to Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch, and people are like, ha, that's yes. too bad for you. Love the rule. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that was one thing that sort of shuffled us to the back. Didn't have, you know, it, uh, we still had the confidence and it was going to be kind of fun to see if our car could, what it could do trying to get back up through there. Before we could figure that out, we got caught speeding on pit road. So we run two. Yellow lights on the dash. That's pit road speed. Uh, we f- we go and test this out on Friday during practice, so we make sure it's right, and we set it, and it, we're we're confident. Well, we went out there, and in the race when we ran pit road speed down pit road, we were one mile an hour faster than we were Friday. I don't know why, but something had changed, and so we had to go to from one, two yellow lights to running only one yellow light. It's kind of like an RPM bar on the dash. As yeah. you go through the RPMs, there's green dots, and then they turn yellow, and then they turn red. Red is too fast. So you run two yellows. What's, like, the difference in, like, one yellow light and two yellow lights? Probably. Like, like 20 RPM or? Well, I don't know about the RPM. I can't, right. I can't read it on the dash, but it's probably, like, a quarter of a mile an hour. Between or, two lights? Right, or right. half a mile an hour. So, it, yeah, basically, if I'm running two yellows, so it's pretty difficult to hold. If pit road one speeds, light. no, no, not really. Okay, they do bounce around, and you get one yellow, two yellow, one red pops up. I mean, they pop up and carry on. It's sort of jumpy. Um, but if if pit road speeds fifty miles an hour, two yellows, your team wants two yellows to be forty nine point eight. 49.9. I mean, it's you're, that's how close we are pushing pit road down down all the way. And so one little bump by a car behind you or 
or just a little bit too aggressive on the throttle and you're 50.01 and that's it. Yeah. You're black, you know, you got a you got a penalty. Yeah, cuz it's not like when you get a speeding ticket on the road where you're going significantly over your Yeah. We're not we're not sitting there riding around 2 mile an hour under. Yeah. It's not like a big mistake. It's a very very fine line. So, uh we had anyways, we had that happen and the car was able at one point, I think we drove all the way back up to second place. And yeah, then, you were working with Truex. And I was like, oh, maybe they talked about this all week. <laughs> Truex nah. was like, yeah, man, I don't need to win. I'll help you. Yeah. And then that, yeah. So we got up to. <laughs> you were up uh, to second or third. Second behind the 21 and the 24. They were having a little battle. We ended up riding behind them for a while. So we, we were, and that was kind of fun how we got up through there. We passed about, I don't know, six, seven cars there in a matter of all that two or three laps we got one run that we were able to sustain and get like three or four or five cars right there at once side drafting and moving and passing uh and when your car can do that you know it gives you a lot of confidence um and then all the wrecks started happening and i don't know how we dodged all that stuff i mean i've seen the replays uh i was in the car and you just you're in the right place at the wrong time and you know, some, you you could just be a foot this way or a foot that way and be in it. Yeah, the one that, where you spun, like I think it was David Reagan was coming down the banking, and y'all couldn't have missed by more than a foot. Right. And then when the six and twenty one spun across the nose, it was less than that. It was yeah. inches. Uh, but the final one was the was the one that hurt the car the most. Uh, when the twenty four and the nineteen got together, I hit the back of the twenty four pretty hard. It bit the splitter on the right front down about an inch and a half. And so when we went back to green flag for the end of the race, it was on the splitter really hard. And that would slow the car down in the center of the corner quite a few miles an hour, probably three, two, three, four mile an hour. Uh, and when that became a problem was on the green flag restart, my, uh, my intention was to push Brad, push Brad clear of the 31 right. car starting in the outside line. I wanted to lock onto Brad for at least uh, till we got to turn three. Right. I thought I could lock onto him, push him through one and two, down the back straightaway, and then NASCAR would probably want me to turn loose of him before they had to black flag us. Yeah. And we got, we got going around the middle of one and two, and I could feel that splitter hitting really hard, and our, we became kind of unhooked. And I knew then that, you know, this is bad, the – uh, 31 and 11 are still hooked, uh, and they're basically tandem drafting, which is what I wanted to be doing. Uh, and now they're gonna go. Right. Um, that sucked. We lost our opportunity to push Brad clear, and uh, hopefully have our own little run on Brad at some point. Uh, still, there was a lot going on beyond that. We had a run on Joey going into turn one that he blocked pretty, you know, pretty aggressively. But he's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah, people were really people were mad at about Joey. That. I'm like, he's he's trying to race too. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's I would have I would have probably not done that block because uh, it kind of hurt us both. Right. I would have done. I I I I, know I block. I mean, you got to block, but you don't want to block so much that you hurt yourself you know you're not going to do anything that you think might hurt your your car right um or your run but he went so high in the corner it's like man you know just giving it up you're giving it up to everybody behind us for 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 me and him that was it when that happened it killed our it killed that run and we couldn't create another run before the finish of the race i was disappointed that almirola kind of pulled in behind yeah. you and like he could have pushed you a little bit and yeah. then he just pulled out I talked. Uh, heck, he texted me on the way home. He said, "Hey, I know this doesn't help, but I'm, I, you know, for my future and my career, I had to push forward." Yeah. And, you know, that's just the way it's. That's, you know, the, the guy's got to work with the manufacturers, and that's the way it is. So anybody that would be upset about that just has to understand that he's got, he's got his own bit of responsibilities and expectations from people around him. The one guy that I was hoping that would push me was a five. Oh yeah, I thought you were gonna. Casey, say, I thought you were gonna say Landon. Casey. Casey okay, so the forty-three didn't go with us, and then there, here comes my teammate number five. Uh, but he went. He went with the forty-three and tried to tried to gain a couple uh, spots on that front straightaway as everybody was dicing around coming to the checkered. 
Yeah, I guess he felt bad for you, so he wrecked the 43 right at the finish. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So. But, yeah, uh, I was hoping. No, that right, that last was, lap, man, nobody yeah. nobody decided to lock onto the bumper and go. Had, had that happened, we'd probably finish in the top five. I mean, we we crossed the finish line a foot behind the a foot behind the nose of the eleven car, and then somebody yeah. else is on the outside of him. So I mean, we had a real shot at getting a top five. Yeah, I I, I knew we, we were in trouble because they showed like one time you went in, y'all went into one, and you could see it sparking real bad on the right front, and yeah. I was like, yeah, we're probably. Yeah, it was bent down an inch and a half, and that's pretty bad. I mean, we run that thing right on the ground when you bend it up or down, it's not going to be good. Any other racetrack that would have probably, you know, relegated us to a, you know, right, a finish of twentieth or worst. But there were only like there five only cars. Like, yeah, yeah there were only like five cars left. So, anyways, we got a reasonable finish. I was disappointed when I got out of the car, uh, and I felt like, you know, I feel like a lot of times that whatever I'm feeling, I'm I can I can I can assume that uh, our fans are feeling the same way. Uh, I was really pleasantly surprised, though, by everybody's comments and remarks about how they enjoyed the race. I mean, we did run hard. We ran up front. We gave people some things to get excited about, which is all you can try to do. Uh, I talk about it all the time. When we go to Daytona Talladega, those people show up cause they, and they, they want to cheer. They want to cheer yeah. every single lap. They want something to get excited about, and that's the way I would be. You want to be doing – you don't want to just cheer the finish. So – I'm always trying to like get into the lead because I know that they're like you know. I will say, there were some multiple occasions where the cheers this weekend were crazy loud. Yeah, like I've never heard a crowd that loud on Saturday for qualifying. Yeah, that was great. That was and great then feeling. whenever they saw that you made it through after spinning out, they they were cheering. Yeah. And then under the last red flag, they weren't cheering for you. They were doing the wave pretty <laughs> hardcore, and then they would cheer if it finally got from turn to, one from all the way one to turn end four. the other. Yeah, so that was uh that was great to see that su- that support during the weekend and after the race. After the race, seemed like everybody was was happy and you know disappointed we didn't win, but seemed like they enjoyed their weekend. Yeah, and uh, enjoyed being at the racetrack. And that's it. I mean, that pretty much. Uh, so you're done for Talladega forever. Whew. I mean, it's hard to say. Okay. You know, it's hard ne- to say. Never say never. Never. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've never, I'm not like through not, racing. Right. I'm just done full time. And if the only thing, you know, I'm not going to get in just any car. It's better be a damn good car. And if and if a good opportunity comes along, you never know who might need some help. Uh, right. Some some uh, you know driver might might uh, have an injury or something and needs needs somebody to fill in. You never know when you might get that call and what that opportunity might be like. It'd have to be a Chevy. Um, I have a contract with Chevy and hope yeah. to continue to work with them beyond my racing career. And um, so I couldn't go drive a Ford or a Toyota, nor would I think I want, would want to. Right. Wouldn't need to. Yeah, That's a lot good. of variables there, but never yeah. say never. All right, we're going to get to our Ask Junior questions now. We're joined by Mike Davis. What's He's up, guys? Moderate this for us. How are y'all doing? Doing awesome. Are Good. you talking to me or the guys? I'm talking to all you of talking you. Talking to guys. our listeners? Even Garrett over there. I mean, you know, yeah. we got we got police uh, escorts today. Yeah, exactly. All right. Is, is there a reason why? Uh, like, are you are you watching somebody specifically, Garrett, or are you just kind of observing? See, oh, he can't See? tell me. Yeah. He can't tell me. <laughs> I, I feel safer. Usually I feel a little creeped out by Tyler, but uh, now I don't. Usually? Yeah. Should be always. Always. All right, guys. We've got some good questions here. Let's get right to it. Starting off, Savage Diver 31 says, what happened to the helmet cam? You wore it for practice, but not the race. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question. We got – I wanted to wear the helmet cam for a couple reasons. So I wanted to wear it so I could know what wearing it's like. So if we talk about it next year – during the NBC broadcast, I could talk about it, you know, with some with some knowledge, and I thought that if I'm going to wear it, Talladega be the great pl- best place to wear it. I mean, wouldn't you want to see everything that happened Sunday? Yeah. that we went through v- via the uh, helmet uh, camp. So, anyways, that was uh, something I thought Junior Nation would like. I got this thing on, and I couldn't believe how much it blocked out like it was all down in my brow man it was uh 
It was, I couldn't see the mirror when we would go into the corner. So think about this now. When you go into the corner in the banking and that thing's down here on your brow, you can't see around the corner. So I had them, I was like, I drew all over it. Like I've cut this part off. We're going to cut this part off. And so when they saw what all I wanted to cut on it, they're like, ah, no, I don't want to, we don't want to cut it. This is a 3D. You're not our guy. <laughs> this is a 3D printed piece and da 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 da. And I was like, all right, fine. Uh, someone else should run it. I'm not going to run it because I need to be able to do what I want to do inside the car. Do we know who wore it? Nobody wore it Sunday. I know Sadler's going to wear it for the Xfinity race in Kansas. Yeah. So I think I should wear it at Martinsville, which is a flat track. Um, you don't you don't get into the banking and need to kind of look around, you know, look around the corner through the top of your helmet or through the top of the visor. You sure? You I'm pretty sure because it's a flat it track. Feels like it feels like even at a at a flat small track, you still don't want it. It ain't blocking your peripheral, especially with it ain't cars blocking so your peripheral. It does not block the sides. sides. Okay, it's just the top. But when you get in a banked racetrack, you kind of look out the top of the visor as you're going around the corner. Okay. You don't have, look to the left. Other guys said the same thing, or I, I did not talk to anyone else about this. Oh, I know they had their. Um, there's a guy that handles the helmet cam, and he was a little too close to the window when he was getting out of the car. And I was like, "Hey, man, you got to back up." They're like, "Oh no, he's with the helmet cam." I'm like, "Oh, whatever." Poor guy. He don't have a helmet cam shirt, does yeah, he? No. No. It just says like, NASCAR. You thought somebody's getting their autograph uh, yeah, through the window? My bad. Tyler came yeah, in. I want to wear it again. I think Martinsville will give it a shot if they'll let me do that. Okay. All right. Uh, we have another one. I'm not sure pr how to pronounce it, but we'll uh, ask their question. How come you refuse to hand over the flag you got for getting the pole over to Tyler? He looks sad. Now, what I told say? him what I was. Oh, well, yeah. What's going on here? Well, nobody knew at this time, but um, my wife is in the bus, pregnant, and nobody knew it, and she would have typically had been there. Anyways, he was like, hey, uh, let me have that. I said, hell no, man. I'm taking this back to my wife. She's Thanks, probably Greg. in tears right now, which she was. She was back at the motorhome crying her eyes out because <laughs> some pregnancy has her so emotional. <laughs> You know, those pregnancy <laughs> polls, man. Yes. It's, all, it's a whole new – it ratchets up all the emotions. The, all the feels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so, are you going to tell the rest of the story? No. Oh. So, he puts it in his pocket, and I was like, okay. Well, I was going to take that back for your archive, so you'll have it someday. And he's like, no, I'm taking it back to Amy. And then we get out of the media center, and, and he's I like, lost I lost it. my flag. No. But so, I got one. And then I gave him the one that I got. Well, I mean, I, 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 he so thinks I, this is so great. I We're too. in Victory Lane, and there's like literally 20 of these damn things floating around. I'm just like, I'm going to stick one in my pocket. <laughs> it's a sea of flags. Okay. It's not like he has the only other flag left. But, but you He's have one. He's trying to pat himself on the back here. You, you have one now because I got one for you. Okay. You <laughs> the flag that makes your wife cry that you delivered back to the you flag lost it. didn't make her cry. Get in the pole. I got it, but you were going to deliver a flag back to her, right? Yes. And that was going to be a moment. <laughs> and you lost it. It fell out of my damn pocket, dude. And then I came through and, and gave Tyler, you one. Yeah. It wasn't like I gave it Most away. Most people say thank you, right, Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was his opportunity I to say him. thank you. <laughs> I did thank him. Oh, he thanked you. I don't remember. Of course you don't. Now, now that makes sense. Now it's all becoming clear to me. Yes. Right. But that's what happened. That is a good story. That is what happened. And I was not sad. How did they, how did I meld the 88 know about this? Did you guys take this to social media? No, I don't no. know. Maybe they said she was, Tyler looks sad. Maybe she well, was there. he must have, when I, when he went to get the flag and I was like, uh, no. You know, he they're seeing all this body language come across the TV. Uh, so this was on TV. <laughs> I yes. guess. Oh, people are shaking their heads. Oh. This was a moment caught on camera. Yes. Oh. And oh, he I looked super story, sad. This is the story of me and Dale. <laughs> right. <laughs> me trying to be nice. I hate like, this. Nope. <laughs> well, uh, <sighs> good stuff. All right. Uh, let's never see again. here. Never, never again. WCLEW17 asks, since you got your dad's old car this weekend, which one of your old cars from your career would you like to have for your personal collection? <clears throat> oh, that's a good one. Which one of my cars? Which one of your cars, like, for your personal collection? Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I, my mind goes right to the ones that I know exist. Um, I, the late model that I won my first win mm. at, in, in 1994 is over at DEI, restored. I wouldn't mind having that. 
Um, the street stock that me and Kelly and Carrie, uh, Kelly, Kelly and Carrie raced is in the is somewhere on the property over at DEI, probably outside of one of the sheds. Last time I seen a picture of it, wouldn't mind having that. Uh, the cars that me and Dad raced in Japan in 1999. 1999. Uh, 98. The, the winter of 98. Is it 98? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That those cars are at DEI. Wouldn't mind having mine at least. Um, there's probably uh, there's an there's an Xfinity car, the AC Delco car. Mm -hmm. There's one of them over there. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff over at DEI. Just sitting. Just, just hanging out. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> That's all we'll say about that. SLG714 asks, how much family and friends are you bringing to Homestead? I'm glad they're asking this because I've been meaning to find this out from you <laughs> myself for our own reasons. Will your mom and mamma be there? Who are you planning on bringing to Homestead? I definitely want mom to be there. Um, that's another one of those what would you bring on an island questions. <laughs> <laughs> if Homestead was your island and yeah. you were stranded at Homestead for the weekend, <laughs> what are you bringing? Yeah. I want a lot of people there actually. So my, it's kind of like, would you, it's kind of like, Hey, this reminds me of me and Amy talking when we were getting married. Do you want to have a big wedding or a little wedding? And you kind of went through the pros and cons of both. Well, I want everybody to be at this last race that can be there, you know? And I know that's not logistically possible because we got to find ways to get them there. Right. We got to find airplanes with a lot of seats, and I know that I know some people that got those. How much is that going to cost? Right. You know, so it comes down to logistics and affordability. I've heard you've already invited people, uh, friends. Do you, I, I'm curious if you remembered that. No. <laughs> well, yeah, because I remember hearing that it was over beers, so that's why I'm like, I yeah. wonder if he remembers that. When I'm drinking, I invite people everywhere. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. should be there. Right. This is how most of the guests end that up, I have end up show, coming to races. Right. Because it's like, hey, you need to be at X. Right. We're going, where do you live? Come to that race. And it, you know, that's how those happen. That's how the Dangerous Summer guys ended up at Talladega <laughs> over beers in Pittsburgh. How many was that, by the way? Eight. Eight people, yeah. Eight total people. And they were They awesome. had a blast. Yeah. They did? Yes. Yeah. They had a freaking blast. We went and saw them. They were in a campground. We, we went, went to the infield and, and sat in a bus for a while with them, and then they came I out on the road. I think I saw road. a picture of you guys in a bus, and it didn't look like yeah. yours. So it might, Their maybe bus that they were in was Paul and McCartney's old bus. Oh, was Very, it your old one? No. Oh, I thought it was your old one. So Paul McCartney's old bus. Yeah. Well, that didn't suck. Which yeah. they That was like an extra bonus. They're magicians, right? So they're at the racetrack. Having a great damn time. They're magicians. Musicians. Musicians. It sounded like he said magician. That's a tough word to say. All right, musicians, right. So they're in Paul McCartney's bus. That's a thing for them, right? Yes. thing for anybody, if you ask me, right? Especially musicians. Magicians love Paul McCartney buses. Pilkington, North Carolina. I'm sorry, Pilkington, NC. I don't want to just assume that means North Carolina. Could mean something else. Do you uh, do drivers study film before or after races at certain tracks similar to other sports like in football? Uh, I'll tell you who I know does, and that's the crew chiefs. The crew chiefs watch every race. Uh, so if so, if we run Talladega, Greg probably watched the last two or three Talladega races during the week to understand all the variety of strategies that played out and what teams may have done to take advantage of those opportunities and those pit strategies. So the teams, the crew chiefs, are watching races all week long. I'm sure some drivers do too. Do you think the film that they would have watched of past races doesn't help as much this year because of the stage racing? Because yeah. the way like the strategies play out? Yeah, because the way there the wasn't race stage flows. racing yeah. ever before. Right. Yeah. Scott Campo one asks, have you been contacted yet to add, speaking of the wrecks at Talladega, have you been contacted yet to add to your race car graveyard collection since so many cars wrecked on Sunday? No one has called. Yeah, we get that a lot. Nobody yeah. just calls up, right? I mean, they, yeah. They, they call do. you? Yeah. Okay. They'll text me. I'm sorry. Stand usually back. it's somebody that, usually it's a guy that I've either worked with before that's on a team, and he'll go, hey, y'all want this car? And it takes a couple weeks. It doesn't happen right after the race. The car comes back to the shop eventually. They end up taking their time stripping this car down. It's a wreck, so it's not something they have to get to immediately. Uh, maybe a two weeks later, the car finally gets stripped down to nothing. They get whatever they can use off of it. And then it either, that's when that conversation comes up 
internally with that team. They'll, you know, they're like, hey, got it. We should call jail and see if he wants it. John Kinsley asked, "Have you given Amy any advice? Uh, I'm sorry. Have you given Amy any advice on pacing the field at Martinsville Speedway? No, uh, no, I haven't. I think that um, I'm sure that the pace car they have a different pace car driver every week, and uh, they have this." protocol that they go through where they take that person and they practice with them and they tell them all these things either Sunday early in the morning um, which I don't know if she knows all that <laughs> that goes into it but she has a little job that morning that could be another one of those pregnancy emotional moments yeah yeah wait when she finds out she has to go to this extra meeting or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll take her and show her what she's what's going on what's happening they'll probably even actually run through a drive run through it I think she's probably got to wear like a headset and everything. Oh yeah, there's I mean, a lot more to it than she thinks. It's not just driving, not just hop, not just show up, hop in, and go. That's interesting. Yeah, I, actually, I I haven't brought this makes up sense. yet to yeah. her. <laughs> when, when, are you, when are you gonna do that? I'm not. Probably do it that Friday. Hey. <laughs> you, you ought to just take a picture of the headset on a table, yeah, and Instagram no. that out, copy her on it, and you can kind of reveal to her what's all ent- what it entails to be a pace car yeah, driver yeah. the same way you. Well, I don't even know, so I'm just gonna. Watch it all happen. <laughs> yeah. Play dumb to it. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that sucks. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't was... have agreed to that. Yeah. <laughs> all it sa- everything sounds like a great idea to you. Got to jump on top, you know, get up and do it. I think she's going to have fun with it. I know it. she I think will. it'll be fun. Sure, of course yeah. she will. Do you think they let cameras in there? I mean, like, like can we yeah. document that? They'll be uh, – c- c- like, Can have... I send Dustin to Martinsville? And, uh... Yes. They have GoPros and stuff inside the pace cars. Yeah. Because it becomes part of the uh, – it's part of the broadcast. Like they'll be, sh- they'll show her in the car. I gotta work on that. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah, maybe we have Amy on. Like, what, what's the plan for the podcast next week? We don't have a plan. Okay, maybe we get Amy on to he talk about. He gives us a lot of credit. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, I, I assume you'll think about this kind of thing. Uh, maybe we have Amy on to talk about her experience. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh uh, no, that'll have to be the weekend after Martinsville. Yeah. Which I think she'll be, she might be co-hosting that week because you'll be out of town. So okay, perfect. She'll All have right. plenty of opportunity to talk about. That's right. Jason Hodges, has your downtime at the track when you're not practicing, qualifying, or racing changed over the course of your career? If so, how? Yes, uh, drastically actually. Um, when I first, when I first started racing, up until probably around 2006, I played. I was just a video game junkie. And so I was playing between practice and qualifying, after qualifying, I mean, every minute of the day, all up until, you know, the wee hours of the morning, uh, I'd be in there playing video games and then get up in the morning and practice only about four hours of sleep and pretty, pretty much didn't leave the bus. Now, uh... You know, we go we go ride the bike or hang around in the hauler all day. If I'm not riding the bike, I typically sit in the hauler and just listen, talk to the guys, and jibber jabber, bug everybody. Uh, but haven't I don't even know if we got Xbox on the bus anymore. But hadn't been much of a gamer these days. We played a lot lots of, of video games, games. I, I remember once Tyler you would have loved it at this time actually this would have been your time this would have been perfect been. for your era because mm. I wasn't much of a gamer but it would be on weekends especially when that game fight night came out oh God. remember that yeah I remember us I think it was at Talladega or Atlanta or something we were on pit road qualifying and you and I were comparing our blisters on our thumbs because we, <laughs> we had been playing that game so much that weekend that we literally you could see it on our thumbs uh, it required a lot of you know, action, you know, a lot of thumb yeah. action. <laughs> Fight Night, you know, it, it, it was, it was uh, great. Cause, oh, it was a great game, yeah. Fight Night 2, I think it was. That's right, that's right. Uh, Arturo Ar- Gotti was in He was. I was Ar- always Arturo. That's right. If he didn't, if I didn't get bloody and they didn't call the fight over cuts, I would usually the win, uh, knock <laughs> Mike out. What, no? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't really remember that. Uh, uh, <laughs> But, uh, I'll, you know, I'll take your word for it. Hippie Chick 08 – this is the last one that we got. Hippie Chick 0881 asks, are the Yuris still involved in NASCAR? If so, what are they doing nowadays? Yeah, the Yuris are – the Yuris have went back to the roots. They are uh, part of a 
a company called Fury Cars, Fury Race Cars. So they build super late models and modifieds, chassis, and and uh, they have a couple house cars that run uh, the super late model races around here, the Cars Tour and so forth. They'll be at the Snowball Derby, and they could have up as many as four cars, I guess, competing in that race. Tony Jr. and Tony Sr. are sort of the, the leaders or the head of the company. They won the Snowball Derby last year with Christian Eckes. And you uh, may find some f- pictures of Tony Sr. Uh, jumping around on pit road after that win like a little kid. But they're having a lot of fun. I saw Tony Sr. at Charlotte Murder Speedway. He came out to accept the Smoky Unique Award of excellence, uh, very deserving. And we got to chat a little bit about what's going on in our lives, and it was a lot of fun. There, He says him and Tony Jr. are having a blast. They're working just as hard as ever. I asked him if he's having much time to golf or anything. He said, nope, always at the shop. They work a lot. I yeah. mean, they, they, if you thought they worked before. I promised him I'd get over and see see him for lunch. Their shop's over there uh, on uh, 150, exit 36 off of 77. You go into that uh, motorsports complex by the Chick-fil-A. They're okay. back in there. Uh, okay, where Ganassi and Penske yeah. used to be? Yep, they're okay, back in that's there. that's where they are. All right. That's cool. Yeah, it's good that you got to see Pops. I was really glad to hear that he got he was being recognized. I mean, the guy know it. given his life. If you love Dale, he's been in racing for a while. Racing, you know, go to social, social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and, so it, it, and Twitter. It brings you insider's of info kind of all weekend so long back on the, the track. I was glad that you guys it's got at Exalta Racing. You must follow for any Dale Jr. fan. See him a little bit. I know that between Brad Kozlowski and Dale Jr. You're talking about two guys that just mean a whole lot to, to Tony Sr. So that was neat. I, I was happy to see that. Yep. All right. That's a good question. Good question. Yeah. I appreciate did it. Did you uh, pick those out, Mike? No, good. Tyler did. And uh, <laughs> Tyler, and we should thank him for it. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Oh, that's oh, a good question. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to pick these good <clears throat> questions. Thank you for the people who sent in the good questions. Yep. Looking ahead, Tuesday, today, we got a Freightliner appearance. What are we doing? You're meeting, they're having a meeting with like 90 of their litigators, and you're going to go there and do a little Q&A and some autographs photos. Gotcha. Uh, that's right after our debrief with the team over at HMS. Yes. <clears throat> and you're also doing Coach K's radio show here in about an hour. Oh, okay. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, we're doing NASCAR American on NBC today at 5 p.m. Yep, that'll be on That's NBC on. Sports Network. Yeah. You're on there the whole hour. Really? The whole hour. Whoa. Whoa, that was that was a loud whoa. Well, I thought it was an interview. It is, an hour-long one. An hour-long interview? Well, it's five segments. Yeah. What? Damn. How many, what are the questions? What are we going to talk check, about? Check your email. Life? Check your email. Holy cow. They're going to talk about uh, your family, Talladega, the Talladega race, and inevitably talk about your baby news. Five segments. Talk about the current state of the sport. Okay. They'll do some fan questions of their own. And then I forgot what the other segment That's is. A heck oh, of the me. other one is about the fans, obviously. Awesome. Appreciation tour. Yeah. Okay. So. Lots to do there. That sounds fun. Um, <laughs> what? I, I, I didn't know it was so robust. I didn't either. Yeah. But I, that, that's that. That sounds fun. Uh, I didn't. I I feel. I'm, I'm, so what, I'm, no, it's not like they're not singling you out. They've had a driver on every Tuesday or Wednesday throughout the second half of yeah, the year. Okay. And so this is just your week. I'm. A, I was it. unaware. Yeah. Very cool. It's in your emails. I know. I got some. You know. <laughs> he's he's had a baby announcement. <laughs> I mean, come on, give him a break. Right? He doesn't know what that's like, man. I haven't got there yet. So anyhow, that's Tuesday, Wednesday. We got a Mountain Dew appearance in Michigan. What's going on there? It's the top forty customers of retail and grocery stores and whatnot in yep. the Michigan. Or so we're the not state at Walmart. Michigan. Usually, our Mountain Dew appearances are at Walmart. Yeah, no, this is like a private event for okay. about fifty folks. Thursday, we got a DIY project. Yeah. Yeah. You're going back so we'll to be it. Back, we're firing the show back up. This is the house we're remodeling down in the Keys. Uh, we've we've sort of been on hold for a while as the Keys sort of get themselves back on their feet uh, after the hurricane. And uh, so, yeah, it's time to get, get the back show to back work. on the road. Yeah. Can't wait to get down there and see everybody, see the whole community. Uh, Friday, 
We have practice and qualifying. Qualifying's at 6.15 p.m. on uh, Eastern time, which is what? 5.15. 5.15 there. And that's on the NBC Sports Network as well. we got two practices Saturday. The Xfinity race is at 3 p.m. on NBC, the big show. Xfinity race yep. on NBC. That's a big deal. Yes. It's the first race of the second round. Yeah. On NBC, though, it's on the big channel. Yes. Yeah, Xfinity's on the big channel. Cup is on yeah. Sports Network. But that's really, really good for... The Xfinity series. Yes. The, number, like the, the numbers that we get from that are significantly better. Yeah. Sunday, we have the uh, Chevy Stage Q&A appearance at 11.10 a.m. outside the main grandstands. We did that last week, or yep. this past week at Talladega. And then the race is at 3 p.m. Eastern. So it'll be 2 o'clock there. 2 o'clock there. And that's on the NBC Sports Network. And you ran good there in the spring. I like Kansas. Kansas so. is a track where uh, one, of the, one of the tracks on the schedule that where you can get up against the wall. That's where I like to run. Yeah. In the corners. And uh, so it has multiple grooves. So much fun. And such great barbecue. Yes, that's right. So Amy's not going to make the trip. TJ's going to stay on the bus. And me and him are going to get some barbecue. Which one do you go to? Um, Oklahoma Joe's is the first one we went to. Uh, Jack Stacks. Yeah, I like Jack Stacks. Yeah. Oklahoma Joe's is just Joe's now. That's right. So Which was weird because yeah. for, I, mean, for <laughs> I don't know how long it's been. Right, Oklahoma Joe's. So I don't. Yeah, why did they have to drop Oklahoma? Because there was a Joe in Oklahoma. It probably got offended. Uh, probably uh, had. It probably had an auto parts store or something. Oh, uh, that uh, was named Oklahoma Joe's. Yeah, and tried to sue him. Yeah, N- no competition whatsoever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you get when you go? Um, you it depends on how hungry. They have this one deal where it's got like burnt ends and all. Yeah, just a mix of everything. Yep. I like the brisket's the bur- awesome. Yeah. I like the burn ins and the sausage. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I get. I remember one year we went there and just, it's like a $45 deal and they just give you everything. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. What do you get on your sides? I get baked beans and slaw. Baked beans. I probably just get fries. I, I don't end up eating the sides because I yeah. focus more on the other stuff. Huh. But golly, now I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. I'm sure everybody listening is. Yes. If you ever go to Kansas, hit up the barbecue joints. Very cool. All, All right. right. Enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. See y'all next week. You got your plan to do things right. I got my mind. It's all made up. We got our time. But now it's running out of space. You know my life is just a speck in your heart. is all the same. See, I've been staring too long at the God, my mind is such a mess, but there's these things I gotta do. You were my friend, but now you're taking off your clothes. I tried to look for close my eyes, I took a breath and made you mine. You had your arms all tangled up in my moon. And what say? But now you took away a little more than just my breath. I swear to God that I was thinking about the summer. But the words that are wrong are the ones that saved my life. And I don't care if I will ever be. But everything just keeps reminding me of winter Like the time that I took and the night I lost my mind So where's my hope in all of this? I guess it never did exist I wrote those songs and took them all to heart You know I'm proud of what we did I left you naked and apart With your thoughts all laid out in your room So what if there's something The Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo Radio podcasts 
on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at OverstreetTyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.